today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. The thing that we see here is that there is power in unity. There is power in unity. There is power when people stand united. Jesus understood this and he said, I and my Father are one. Did you know that Jesus and God are one? They are united. And Jesus desires that we would be one together and one with Him. The unity that is within the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is a mystery that we can't fully understand and that we must receive by faith. Today, Pastor Eric will remind us that Jesus desires that His body be one. We need to submit ourselves to the unity that is found in Jesus Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for today's study. In a recap of where we're at, we're, we're at the end of the book of Judges. And last week, we learned of a Levite man who was married to a young lady from Bethlehem. Uh, she was his concubine. It was his legal mistress, right? It was his wife, but in those days, it'd be like a legal mistress. Now, this woman had an adulterous affair, and she left the Levi man for four whole months. Well, how do you know it's four whole months? Because the Bible tells us that it's four whole months. And she decided to go back to her father's house, and where was that at, you guys? Bethlehem. Yeah, she went back to Bethlehem to her father's house. Well, guess what? The Levite guy, uh, he was like, I miss my concubine. So him and his servant and a couple donkeys went down to Bethlehem to go get her back. And as he met uh, his concubine, he met her father and they hit it off. And they had a great old time drinking and eating and being merry. And that lasted for five whole days. And after the fifth day, the Levite's like, you know what, I've got to go back home, which is home is the remote mountains of Ephraim, and we need to get going. And so finally they go and head off, and they got a late start. You guys remember, they got a late start, okay? And so they're heading, and the servant of the Levite says, hey, why don't we turn into Jerusalem? Well, at this time, Jerusalem, you would think would be a good idea, but it wasn't occupied by uh, the children of Israel at this time. It was occupied by the Jebusites. And, and so the Levite got this brilliant idea saying, you know what, I'm not going to stay with a foreigner. I'd rather travel on to Gibeah and stay with my brothers, uh, the tribe of Benjamin. That sounds like a better idea. Well, sure it does, because they're family. They're part of the children of Israel. So it only makes sense. And so they go and travel up to Gibeah, and then they find their resting spot in the center of town square, or I don't know if it was the center, but it was in the town square. I picture the center of the city. Uh, But they go to the town square, and people are going by them and not taking them in. Well, that's a problem, because we thought our brothers would take us in. Uh, But... Uh, lo and behold, there was an old gentleman who was from the mountains of Ephraim, took him in, and he gave them food, he gave them a place to wash, he even gave his animals something to eat. And they were having a great time uh, fellowshipping with one another. But then all of a sudden, guess what happened? We want the Levite man, bring him out. And this wasn't just a normal hello, how are you doing? This was uh, perverted men of the city coming and wanted to uh, uh, have a carnal relationship with the Levite man. Very wicked. Very, very wicked. And so the old man comes out and he says, here is my virgin daughter. Please take her instead. 
of this Levite man. Well, the guys didn't want that of the city. And so uh, the Levite man, instead of going out there and, and fighting against them, he gave his concubine to these perverted men. And so they took the woman and they abused her, viciously abused her all night. To the point in the morning when she, they let her go, when dawn was breaking, that she was falling onto the doorstep on the threshold of this old man's house, and she died. The next morning, the uh, Levite wakes up. I don't know how he could sleep through that. Wakes up and says to his concubine, after he sees her lying on the ground, get up, let's go. Well, she was dead. And so he takes her back to his home in Ephraim, and he was so enraged, he was upset, and he wanted to make a point to the tribe of Israel that there was wickedness within the land. What did he do? Chopped her up. Twelve pieces. Twelve pieces. Uh, I was thinking about it last week, and I didn't say it, but how would you send that? You know, because you, like today you couldn't do that, right? <laughs> uh, which is a good thing. But it's like... He sent it out, sent her body out to the 12 tribes of Israel. And so that brings us up to tonight. And tonight, uh, we are going to see the response from the children of Israel and the action taken. So let's start in verse 1 and go to 11 uh, and see what's going on here. So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead. And the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. And the leaders of all the people, all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in assembly of the people of God, 400,000 foot soldiers who drew the sword. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. And then the children of Israel said, Tell us, how did this wicked deed happen? So the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, uh, answered and said, My concubine and I went to Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, to spend the night. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house at night because of me. And they intended to kill me, but instead they ravished my concubine so that she died. So I took hold of my concubine, cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the territory of the inheritance of Israel because they committed lewdness and outrage in Israel. Look, all you are children of Israel. Give your advice and counsel here and now. So all the people arose as one man saying, None of us will go to his tent, nor will any turn back to his house. But now this is the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot. Verse 10. We will take ten men out of every hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel. A hundred out of every thousand and a thousand out of every ten thousand to make provisions for the people. That when they come to Gibeah and Benjamin, they may repay all the vileness that they have done in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united together as one man. So here we see the response. So after he cuts up the woman, it's a pretty good message to get somebody's attention. Hey, we've got this piece of a woman coming to our tribe. What is going on here? And so they all meet together in one spot at the gathering of the Lord in Mizpah. And sure enough, the tribe of Benjamin heard about it. 
And, and, and well, yeah, I would think you would hear about it. 400,000 people coming from all different angles of the area, even from the tribes that were on the east side of the Jordan, came over for this meeting, okay? They came over back into this one meeting place and they gathered together as one. And they discussed the wickedness that was going on within their people. What a scene, huh? Now, they were all joined, united as one man, except for the tribe of Benjamin. This situation, you guys, was a big deal within the children of Israel, wouldn't you say? This is a big deal. We need to correct this. Now, I would take this time probably before, you know, just shortly after Joshua had died. Because you see a lot of uh, characteristics of the children of Israel of, of being under a great leader as Joshua, seeking the Lord, which we'll see here in a little bit. The thing that we see here is that there is power in unity. There is power in unity. There is power when people stand united. Jesus understood this, and he said, I and my Father are one. Did you know that Jesus and God are one? They are united. And Jesus desires that we would be one together and one with him. Well, how do you, I know that? Well, because he prayed for that in John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, which tells us this. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, what is the big deal of being one? What is the, what is, why would Jesus want uh, people to be one with him? Why would he want people to be one together in the name of Jesus? Well, he would want us to be one because there is a hopeful outcome that if we are one, that the name of Jesus would be spread into this world, that people would see Jesus. But here's the thing. Here's a great story of this, and there's a great problem, I think, that we can easily fall into, is that if we aren't united, if we are not one then guess what happens? When I say we, I'm speaking of the church, those who believe in the name of Jesus Christ, okay? When we are not one, when we're not united, uh, people who are not believers look at this whole religious thing and think it's a comedy routine. They think it's funny. Well, how do you know that? Well, my neighbor, in fact, told me this the other night. And I was sitting outside of my car and... I, and uh, God is just using this guy, and he's a little weird, but it's okay. I'm a little weird, but uh, I saw him coming over, and he just tells me, he goes, Eric, I just want to tell you something. I said, what's that? He goes, what you guys did on Friday night, he was speaking of the lighthouses, okay? He goes, what you guys did on Friday night on Halloween was just amazing. He goes, I don't see too many churches living out their faith. Not too many churches being active in the community, and, and, and he's like, I, I thought it was pretty awesome. He goes, and Calvary Chapel, you know, he's, he's got, he's well experienced, okay? He knows a lot of things. And he says, you know, I've been to Calvary Chapel before, uh, not this church, but another one. And he said that it's quite funny to me because he says, I sat down at a dinner and these guys of different pastors and leaders, they were arguing amongst themselves. 
And he says, and I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he goes, oh, I'm not. He goes, for one who doesn't believe, it was quite comical to see the chaos and the, the union wasn't even there. So it was almost like it was a joke. And I'm like, I, I, I got to go inside, man. I'm sorry that you saw that, you know. And, and, and so it's just like, you know, the world is watching you as believers, okay? And how we interact with each other and how we love each other or we supposedly say we love each other. And many of us do love each other, but there's those instances where we, uh, we act out and we're... But you know what? Here's the reality is, is that we're not perfect, but... You know what? We should try to be like Jesus. You know, we sang it tonight. Maybe be more like you, right? That should be our heart's, heart's desire. Now, there is power, though, in unity because here my neighbor saw it. He saw the unity of the body coming together, working together, and sharing a, a gospel that we believe in wholeheartedly. And he was thrown back about that. He was like, that was amazing to see. And so when you see that the body is working together as God has designed it, it makes a huge impact, a huge impact into this world. Because again, just as Jesus was praying, it's like we, they may be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So when people are saying, when uh, pastors are saying, or you're reading, what does it mean to be one? Well, the goal for being one is to see, uh, for the world to see that Jesus was sent by God. Does that make sense? Wow, there's power in unity. And now I say that there's power in unity because how many movies are there where there's like a bully getting ready to fight a little, you know, a little guy, you know, and he's like, I'm going to take you out, right? But then all of a sudden the the little guy has all these friends and they step in and say, you got to go through me first. You got to go through me first. And then what usually happens with the bully? He runs away, right? Man, there is power in unity, you guys. Is there power in unity? Why? Because Jesus is perfect and almighty. And he can take out anything. There's nothing that can stop Jesus Christ. And so if we're in Jesus, we have a great thing for us. If God can be for you, who can be against you? Are you sure? Okay, because that's what the Bible says, right? And the Bible is true. So... If you're united in Christ and you face your enemies, what happens to the enemies? Right? Sound effect and all. But if you go through life and you're, you're trying to do things by yourself, you're going to get consumed. Because the, the enemy is like a roaring lion who seeks whom he can destroy. Okay? Now think of this on, the, on a personal level. Okay, great, as a church, we're powerful. But guess what, you guys? You're part of this body, and Jesus is with you always. And when you're facing your addictions, if you're facing, uh, if you're facing addictions, if you're facing sin, sin can, can seem so large. But remember who you're part of, who you're united with. You're united with Jesus Christ. You stand with him. Therefore, those chains that try to hold you down are broken because of Jesus. Now, this isn't a crazy football player, but this is like, this is life, man. 
And this is powerful if you really grasp it. That there is unity and there is power in that unity in Christ. And that we can stand and we can fight and we have victory, you guys. Nothing can happen to us as long as we are one in Jesus Christ. John, Jesus said this in John. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So when the enemy is trying to say that you are a failure, I'm going to take you out. Guess what? Back off, devil, because I'm united with Christ. (laughs) Nothing can take you out of his hand if you're united with him. And so here we see that there is power, and we're going to see this power come to, come to play here in Judges, okay? So that the men of Israel, they all gathered together as one, united as one. Did you guys catch that in verse 11? United together as one man. What a great picture of the church in Jesus Christ. Continuing on, we see grace is extended. Then the tribes of Israel sent, sent men through all the tribes of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has occurred among you? Now therefore deliver up the men, the perverted men who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and remove the evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not listen to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. Instead, the children of Benjamin gathered together from the cities of Gibeah to go to battle against the children of Israel. And from, the city, from their cities at the time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who numbered 700 select men. And these men are select for a reason. Among all these people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth. And not miss, meaning that they could see their target and they would not miss. 700 of these guys were sharpshooters from the town of Benjamin, okay, from the tribe of Benjamin. And then verse 17, now besides Benjamin, the men of Israel numbered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war. So you've got 27,000 versus 400,000. So Israel sends men to the tribe of Benjamin, asking them to do what, you guys? Deliver the wicked men. They wanted the men so that they could kill them and remove them from Israel without going to war. But Benjamin declined the offer. Instead, Benjamin gathered uh, men to fight against Israel. And like I said, 700 of them were sharpshooters, snipers in a sense, if you would put a, a term on it today, to go to battle against Israel his brother Israel, his brother's Israel. But here, you guys, is a great picture of grace being extended. Instead of, you you hear the story, you hear the accusation, the wickedness, and hear the tribe say, you know what, we're going to send men to go to the tribe of Benjamin to get the wickedness out of there so we don't have to go to war. Hey, what a great picture of Jesus. Because he offers grace and he offers mercy and he asks us to hand over our sins to him. He wants to remove the evil from our lives. But you know what? Man has a choice, and we can either listen to him or we can ignore him and prepare and fight against him. Prepare and fight against Jesus, okay? When you ignore him and choose your ways. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 30. He who is not with me is against me. 
And he who does not gather me scatters abroad. In simple English terms, anyone who is, isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. That's insane. But what a great picture of God's grace being extended to all mankind. And Jesus is doing it because he loves us. These guys were doing it probably because they loved their brother as well. But here, Jesus is coming to us and saying, uh, I don't want to fight against you guys. I want to take your sin. I want to take the wickedness away from you. I want to remove it. But it's up to us if we're going to listen to him or not. Uh, so Israel prepares for battle in, in uh, verses 18 through 29. It says this, Then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. Hey, praise God. Finally, somebody's seeking the Lord, right? They said, which of us shall go first to battle against the children of Benjamin? The Lord said, Judah first. Verse 19, so the children of Israel rose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin, and the men of Israel put themselves in battle array to fight against them at Gibeah. Then the children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah, and on that day cut down to the ground 22,000 men of the Israelites. And the people, that is, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves again, formed the battle line at the place where they had been put themselves in array on the first day. Verse 23, Then the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I again draw near for battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against him. So the children of Israel approached the children of Benjamin on the second day. And Benjamin went out, went out against them from Gibeah on the second day and cut down to the ground 18,000 more of the children of Israel. Wow. All these true the sword. What's happening here? Verse 26. Then all the children of Israel, that is, all the people went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat before the Lord, and they fasted that day until evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Verse 27, so the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? And catch this, guys, in verse 28, the Lord's response. And the Lord said, go up for tomorrow. I will deliver them into your hand. Then the Israel, of, then Israel set men in ambush all around Gibeah. So here we see that Israel prepares for the battle because the Benjamites are preparing for battle. But the, here's the beautiful thing is that the children of Israel inquire of the Lord. They went to, to God and asking, who goes first? And God says, send Judah first. And then the battle happens. And then did you guys catch it? 22,000 Benjamites or Israelites died. That hurt them. That broke them. And so they go back and they go and seek again the Lord's counsel and says, do we fight again, again against our brother Benjamin? And God tells them what? To keep going. So battle number two, Israel goes and fights Benjamin, and guess what happens? 18,000 Israelites perish. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of Judges the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. 
If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search on Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. If you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list, as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-720-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write this information down. All this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on to get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. 